All right, welcome to the Ionomics Community Podcast. Episode 12, coming to you with the help of Funkadelic off the 1972 record America Eats Its Young. That's the uh, first track you hit the nail on the head. I could listen to that all day. All right. We got uh, my Medium article, which I know you all read. Very uh, excited to share with you some of my thoughts about tokens. So I'll do kind of a companion piece. Uh, And then the other thing I want to talk about is the um, coronavirus crypto story that came out today regarding the death of Dr. Lee Wenliang. Dr. Lee is the whistleblower. Um, and his memory and his contribution to the fight against coronavirus is uh, memorialized now on the Ether, Ethereum blockchain. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, thank you again for joining. My name is Mike Pomerantz. I'm the host of the Ionomics Community Podcast. At M-P-O-M-Y or at M-D-P underscore E-S-Q and Please remember, nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal, financial, or crypto advice. I could listen to that all day. I could listen to that all day. That is, uh, that's quite a groove there. All right, let me talk to you a little bit about my thoughts on tokens. Now, this should be a little bit more of a general discussion compared to what I did many months ago, but only a couple episodes ago, where I was talking about game economies. And this is all about the upcoming release of the Token Aware Explorer and the Electron Wallet app, which will allow you right from the app to configure tokens. So you're basically able to create them from the same piece of software that you use for custody. So tokens will be in everyone's hands if they have an interest. And the real question that I think everybody wants to know after you say that is, well, why would they have an interest? So many, many months ago, back when I was doing this last year, uh, I talked about the game economies. Because I think, and I don't know for sure, but I'm fairly certain that that's where the idea for tokens came from. That you could have actual assets, crypto assets, that you could use in a game and that you could have control over. And you could take it out of the game if you wanted on an exchange or by some other means. That is against what gaming economics says is successful. Gaming economics says that you want to have a moat around users and not let them leave. And maybe that's right, but as is the case with so many things in crypto, it's an experiment. You really don't know what's going to happen. And therefore, why not 
why not give it a try? Why not see what, what, what happens? Certainly the advantages of the movable and autonomous and permissionless uncensored assets has some easy to understand upside. Uh, but the question is, would it work for game developers? And the answer is we don't know. So that was kind of a discussion from a while back. My thoughts this week, uh, I put into an article on Medium. Some of you have read it. But the idea is not so much about game economies, but about tokens more generally. And what I was thinking about there was this idea that there's really two ways that I see crypto. And and part of it, I know the Ionomics Community Podcast is not supposed to get hung up on market price, but I think it's important at this moment, uh, February 7th, 2020, to talk about market price a little bit. Because A, when you, when you say to somebody, I have a token proposition, I have a token project, and it's a project generate a lot of different tokens. Ideally, it will. When you say that to somebody, I say, well, if those tokens are going to be valuable, there's a much higher chance that I'll be buying it, that I'll have some interest in participating in this project. One of the things from recent discussion with Fornax is that you don't know. And that was true uh, with Satoshi and the white paper in 2008. And it's true today. You really don't know. But what you see is two very different classes of value. In other words, there's Bitcoin and there's everything else. Because in terms of the amount of money, the amount of use, the value per coin, nothing touches Bitcoin. And I think this is good fodder for the Bitcoin maximalist argument. Now, as a member of an altcoin team, obviously, that's not me. But my thinking has evolved over time. On the one hand, I see Bitcoin as an extraordinarily successful replacement for money, replacement for dollars, replacement for fiat. It has basically hacked money. But in terms of value transfer, money is not the only thing. And this is where this is where the altcoins come in. Because what you're going to get with tokens is something that's not Bitcoin. But the difference between tokens and altcoins is important. So let me take a quick divergence to cover that. With altcoins, you have a project that comes basically out of nowhere. In other words, there's nothing, and then there's a blockchain, and now we have altcoins. With tokens, there's a pre-existing relationship, and it is written into the code such that our token system, the Ionomy token system, is going to be inextricably connected to the Ion blockchain. Those tokens are connected to Ion. The fact that the ION blockchain has been going as long as it has can give you some interest in what the success of those tokens will be. It's a, it's, a po it's a positive indicator. I don't know if it's dispositive. I don't know if it's the whole deal. But the point is that each of these tokens that the community creates will have 
privileges, will have functionality, they will be eligible for trading on the Ionomy exchange. There's a whole infrastructure already existing to support these tokens. That's very different from an altcoin that just comes out of nowhere and the promoter has to say, here's our scam or here's our play. Now, what about the future of altcoins? What about the success of tokens? Because again, I do kind of lump these things together in that they're all not Bitcoin. And here's where I get to market price. Today, and it's a pretty recent development, Ethereum is over 200. And it has not been there for a while. So is that a referendum on altcoins? I don't know. But I do know this, that with Ethereum, you had a evolution, very quick and perhaps inelegant, but so, so what? It's still an evolution from the basic Bitcoin idea. And to oversimplify, it's a functionality. And that is vital. Because here, when you have functionality, if the functionality, if it does something that somebody wants it to do, guess what? It has value. The value can be, the value prop can be part of how the token or how the coin works. And with Ethereum experiencing a nice little boost, I think that does bode well. The other thing that I said in the Medium article was that Look at what's going on with Coinbase, who is totally straight, totally by the book. They want to follow every regulation. What did they do in the past uh, 10 months? They added a bunch of altcoins to the extent that Binance is considered one of the most successful, popular, important exchanges on the planet. How many, how many coins do they have? So... I think the trend is to hang on to an infrastructure that supports altcoins where they can be traded, where there is still some encouragement for, if you take the example of Ethereum, there's still some encouragement towards development, towards making a better mousetrap, trying to do something new and exciting and different. And what I see with ATP, which is sort of the Ionomy corner of this phenomena is a way to do that where there's a lot of support, where there's already a blockchain, where there's already a community. And it makes me pretty optimistic. So that's my wrap on altcoins slash tokens. And just as soon as this thing comes out, we'll start to see hopefully pretty quickly uh, how successful uh, or not it is. But I am feeling good about it. Now, something I am not feeling good about uh, to segue to the second thing to talk about today, which is not an Ionomy story, but it's a coronavirus story. And this is, it's interesting to see how the political conversation in the United States is totally sucking all the oxygen out of the room where there's not that much reporting. When I was looking up this story, I, I found much better reporting from places like Australia, but the Reporting relates to the death of Dr. Li Wenliang, who is described as the whistleblower. He is a Chinese physician who was in his late 30s, 
attempting to get the message out about the seriousness of the coronavirus. And he was stifled, not surprisingly, by the government. And while treating patients, trying to save their lives, he succumbed to the illness himself. Tremendous outpouring of grief in China. And what's extraordinary is that the government is using their control of the internet as it exists in China to block out certain hashtags and to try and stifle the recognition of what Dr. Lee did and the tragedy of his death. I, I can't help but think if they spent as much time and effort in stopping the spread of the virus as they did in stopping bad publicity, it, it would seem to be a good use of resources. And yet, uh, here we are where certain hashtags are knocked out and there's an effect, um, an effort to unwrite this history. Where does that relate to crypto? Well, um, in a Coindesk article, there was a smart contract which provides a monument to Dr. Lee that was embedded into the Ethereum blockchain um, just earlier today, Friday, February 7th, 2020. It contains uh, a full description of what he did, who he was, um, the circumstances of his death, and it will be there forever. The use of Ethereum, I mean, this could easily, it, it required that a smart, track be a smart contract be created. It could just as easily have been done on uh, the Bitcoin blockchain. But it is a, it's an extraordinary antidote, at least for my psyche, that the industry I work in uh, has the ability to combat censorship and to take on a government's efforts to really denigrate a hero by providing uh, context and a platform where a protest like this can take place. That's a whole new level of free speech where no matter how hard the Chinese government wants to squish the will of its people, I think the harder they push, the more the population will become dissatisfied and they will find ways to rise up. And to me, this memorial for Dr. Lee is one such way. And I'm, uh, I'm proud to say it's a, uh, you know, it's thanks to crypto. All right. So moving on from that, uh, very sad story. Um, I think at this point it's time for little Frank Zappa. I think it's time to wrap it up for another week on the Ionomics Community Podcast. But uh, as always, I appreciate everybody listening. We're going to continue to bring you information from the world of Ionomy Plus Insights and other discussions. My name is Mike Pomerantz. Uh, I'm not really a lawyer anymore, but remember, this is not legal advice. This is not 
financial advice. This is just me talking about crypto. And if you want to tweet me, it's at M-P-O-M-Y or at M-D-P underscore E-S-Q. Uh, this is a independent community podcast. It's not really the opinion or position of the team. But I've got a little insight, and then I kind of sneak out and share what I can with you guys. So please tune in next week. We'll have another episode. And in the meantime, thank you for listening.